Well, another great weekend of football around here. No doubt about that. And no shot intended here. Please don't take it as one, okay? But it's not very often the last couple of years, Bill, that we've done this show that we've been able to talk about the Lions winning a football game. And, right. and again, hey, listen, no shot intended there. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the reality yep. of it. Not only can we talk about the Lions winning a football game, we can talk about them beating the Green Bay Packers today. Yep. There's a little something extra when you beat the Packers. I, You know, I, I, Bill, I think you and I have had this conversation before. I think a lot of times it depends what era you grow up in. Right. Uh, I grew up in an era where it was Mike Ditka's Bears were the team to beat. Yeah. And and I, my whole life, the Bears game mm-hmm. just held a little something extra for me. I, I know my father, it was always the Packers. And I think some mm-hmm. of the younger people, Blake, our, our fine producer tonight, you know, he's had to live in the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers era, so to speak. So depending on when you were born, but let's face it, anytime you can beat the Packers, anytime you can beat Aaron Rodgers, uh, you are not going to complain one iota about it. No question, Sean. And uh, it doesn't matter how, it just matters if. And to beat the Packers, it's almost like two wins. It's it's uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers losing, and it's the Lions winning. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of Lion fans out there that are probably just as, if not more, happy that Aaron Rodgers lost as the Lions won, um, which just speaks to the the magnitude of it. And you know, for the last five weeks, we've been saying you just got to get a win, get a win. Well, they got a win today. So now they got to sort of validate it, if you will. Um, next week in Chicago, where Justin Fields is becoming a combination of uh, Bobby Douglas. <laughs> Remember him? Yes. Uh, yes. Who was uh, one of the first running quarterbacks in the history of the NFL in the modern era. Uh, Bobby Douglas and Michael Vick. I mean, he had what, 100 and. 70, 80 yards rushing today? Jesus, Something ridiculous? At least that's what I heard. I hope I'm not wrong on that. But uh, the Bears are scoring points, that's for sure. 178 yards, to be wow. precise. Wow. And, and and you're right, Bill. You know what? This is, this is a couple times now recently mm-hmm. where the Bears, unfortunately, got themselves in a big hole in a game. But they came roaring back. They yep. did it to the Cowboys a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago where, yeah. you know, and, and all of a sudden they started putting up mad numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're right about that. They they got down today uh, to the to the Dolphins and, mm-hmm. you know, they just kept fighting and scratching and clawing their way back in. They fell uh, eventually 35-32. But as you mentioned, uh, Justin Fields, 123 yards and three touchdowns in the air. And 178 wow. yards and a touchdown on the ground. Wow. That's uh, that's 32 points is, is normally winning football. So, uh, and I, I think what, what the Lions have to be cautious of is this, this has evolved this, this season with the bears and their, their uh, credit to, uh, to the coaching staff there for, you know, not being stubborn and staying with one thing. But they've they've evolved uh, with Justin Fields, and now, I mean, he's as big a threat running the ball as he is throwing the ball. Um, so that really puts the defense in a predicament. Um, so it'll be a it'll be an important week for the Lions coaches to, uh, um, in you know, just instill you know an an absolute among its players that 
you got to do your job. You got to play your man. You got to play your position. You know, it, you, this is hard. It's like the old triple option when you have a quarterback that good where you're, you know, you're watching players, you're assuming this, you're assuming that, you know, you don't know where the ball is. And, and uh, when he, when he's, you know, showing that threat, running the ball, that's not an easy uh, offense to defend. Did we lose you, Sean? Okay, I think we're going to go to a break right now. We're having a little technical uh, difficulty with Sean. Um, we found a way to keep him quiet, so not a bad thing. <laughs> but anyways, we'll uh, we'll be right back after a break. Yeah, this whipping wind, I'm going to have to apologize. It's been wreaking havoc, I think, all over town. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, the gremlins got in a little <laughs> bit, uh, and, and I apologize. But, Bill, it's almost like you've been dealing with media your whole entire lifetime. It's amazing how that works out, isn't That's it? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we had to we had to uh, call a timeout there, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know what, we Bill, you, you mentioned something about the Lions and and this is this is such a, mm-hmm. a, a a point to me. That wasn't a very pretty game. There's no other no. way to say that, okay? And I always take the mindset it's not Art, I'm not no. going to hang it in the Louvre. No. I don't care. You know mm-hmm. what? I'll take a W, a team that desperately mm-hmm. needed a W, yeah. a, a team that, uh, especially <laughs> against the Green Bay Packers, yeah. never, ever apologize for a win. I don't care how. No. I don't care why. They found a way to win a football game today. No question, Sean. And the Lions have been on the other side of games where the offense put up 30-plus points, played really well. The defense rose to an occasion and played really well and lost. And um, I don't know why, but I, I remember a game. It sort of reminded me of today what I've, what I've heard about the Lions game as uh, I was working a different one. But there was a game at the Silverdome back in the mid-90s against the Bears. And I think it might have even been on a Sunday night. Not 100% sure on that. But we beat the Bears like 16-6. to 6. And it was an ugly, artistically, it was an ugly game. I think we scored one offensive touchdown, one defensive touchdown. And I, I think it was 16-6, so we must have had some field goals in there. Maybe, uh, who knows, maybe we had three Jason Hansen field goals, for all I know. Um, but the reaction was, oh, that's ugly, that's, you know. And it's like, it's a win. And... You know, you hear two months from now, well, two days from now, it's not going to matter. It was a win. Yep. And in the NFL, it's so hard to do to do that. And nobody's apologizing. And we've said it, you know, a hundred times. It's not how, it's if. And the if was answered today. So, um, you know, ask those players how big a win it was for them, and they'll tell you. Ask the Packers how devastating a loss it was, especially – you know, at the end of the game when they their deep the Packers defense gets a stop, you know, on another Dan Campbell go for it on fourth down, right? Yep. And uh and so I'm sure Lions fans at that moment were like, Oh no, oh no, that's gonna bite us. We didn't punt the ball and you know, pin them back deep. We went for for it on fourth down and and a win. Okay, they're playing the win. 
and then Favre, or Favre, I said Favre. How about that, Sean? <laughs> and uh, Aaron Rodgers does some Aaron Rodgers type things. But uh, but the defense came up with the stop, and um, and that's a that's a really good win. There's no way to couch it other than that's a really good win. You know what, Bill? I I don't know if this is the one you're mentioning, but I told you one of my favorite games in in my lifetime as a fan was the Thanksgiving Day game in 91 when they beat the Bears 16 to 6. And I don't know yeah. if that's the one you were referring no, to. No. It was it was an mm-hmm. ugly game. Mm-hmm. Uh it, you know, we talked about it last year, the the speech from Lomas about about yeah. Mike Utley. Uh mm-hmm. but honestly, that was one of my happiest wins growing mm-hmm. up as a kid being there and watching us punch the bears in the mouth, because that's what that was. That was that the was. bears were the bully on yeah. the block for so many times, Bill. And and yeah. you know what? They swung and the lions swung harder. And uh, honestly, I, you know, I know everybody likes the wacky zany points and certainly that's what the NFL yeah. is, is trying to get to today with, with a lot of the rule changes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the most satisfying games yeah. I've ever been at that game. And no doubt I'm sure a lot of people felt that way today. The, the, the yeah. 15 to nine victory over green mm-hmm. Bay, it wasn't pretty, but you know what Mm-mm. you beat one of the best to ever play the game in Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers, I respect Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not figure skating with all due respect. Yep. It's not the dunk contest with all due respect. It's football and it's who has more points at the end. And the Lions had more points. And, uh, and, and yeah, beating Aaron Rodgers is something that imagine all those young, young players on the lines, especially the rookies that had the three interceptions. Um, imagine how they're going to feel about this game and the memory they're going to take with them throughout their career. Um, and who knows what's going to happen after the season with, with Rogers, because I don't think anybody expected green Bay to have the year it's having. There's a lot of circumstances involved, a lot of injuries. You know, the thing that I haven't heard enough of, um, but, but, you know, they lose the great wide receiver to the Raiders, mm-hmm. okay? And the Raiders have how many wins this year? One or two? Yeah. Maybe two, right? Game Devont- today. Devontae Adams was arguably the best in the league. Yep. No one would argue that. But you hardly hear his name anymore. And and I bring that up only as another example why football is such a special sport. It's not the sum of the parts. It's the sum of the whole. And you know, the best receiver in the league is the Raiders. And they had a good offense last year. Derek Carr was one of the up-and-coming quarterbacks. But it's not about the pieces. It's about the whole thing once it's assembled. And um, and the Packers, could they, could they use him? No question. But uh, he certainly hasn't made a big difference in, in uh, Las Vegas as everybody thought he would. I, uh, I, I've watched Aaron Rodgers, obviously, his whole career, as everybody around here has. Uh, Bill, frustration is a, a word that I – he looks frustrated yeah. every time he mm-hmm. throws the ball. And I'll be honest with you, and I, I got to give Greg Olson credit because Greg Olson, uh, I think, does a really good job for Fox, by the way, the former uh, tight end with with Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, he pointed out a few times during the game. Look, I get it. There are circumstances that Aaron Rodgers cannot control, 
but he's got to own a couple of those passes yeah. too. You know, a couple of those interceptions he threw mm-hmm. were poorly thrown balls that you're not accustomed to seeing Aaron Rodgers make. And of course, you know, what comes with that is people, well, are we watching the end of Tom Brady? Are we watching the end of Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I'll wait to make such a judgment there, but uh, the frustration level today, I have never seen Aaron Rodgers that frustrated. I, you, you could tell it, it right. wasn't one thing. It seemed to be everything with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he believed coming into Detroit that the pack, he believed the Packers were going to win and they were going to write the ship. And um, when it became clear that was not happening. And then he, you know, it's hard for a player of his ilk who has pulled out so many remarkable throws over the years to get out of that mindset and realize you don't have the Jordy Nelsons, you know, like you used to have, you don't have, you know, some of the great receivers, Donald driver and players like that. Um, It's a different team. It's a different team, but yet he's probably still programmed to make that same throw. And it's not just the quarterback making the throw. It's the receiver, the running back, the tight end, making the catch and running the right route and being where they're supposed to be. So, it's it's a really interesting dynamic, no question, that what he's going through. And uh, I think his body language is very revealing, and it has been throughout the season. Yep. And uh, it's it's not sending positive. If, it, if it's impacting the viewers, imagine what it's doing to the players on his team. There's no doubt the guy wants to win. He's probably one of the greatest competitors ever. So I'm sure the frustration is overwhelming for him because he's never really – had to deal with it. The only time he had anything comparable was probably on draft day yep. when he lasted so long. So, uh, yeah, it's really an interesting reality in Green Bay. Well, the Lions improve, of of course, to two and six on the season, two and three at Ford Field. And, and Bill, it's interesting because I, I talked to a couple guys who shall remain nameless, but guys mm-hmm. that are down there all the time. And, and when I mm-hmm. say down there all the time, not only at Ford Field, but at Allen Park. And I had a couple conversations with a couple guys during the week. And one of the things that they stressed to me is they, they said, you know, Sean, you've been there in the past. Bill, you've been there. You've had a front row seat in the past. And he said, honestly, if, if, if there are heads hanging low, if there are guys that are just waiting for this season to be over, they're not showing it right now. So right. if there's one thing that, you know, one positive, I guess, that, that I'm going to take out of this is is it seems like that rock locker room still has a belief in moving forward and in and, and getting better this year and looking at the big picture. What are we going to be in 23? You know, what's that going to look like? And, uh, you know, that's what always makes me happy to see grown men as excited as they were after that game. And, and yeah. it, Hutchinson, quite frankly, Bill, he looked like he was going to float off the field <laughs> after the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm still a sucker for that stuff. I'm 52 years old, and I'm still a sucker for that stuff. Well, I think that has to be a testament to the character of those players, but also to the head coach um, to keep everybody together. Because when the season goes the way it's gone, it is us against the world. It's that locker room. It's that building. And no one else thinks they have a shot but them. And that's a beautiful thing, really. Um, it just is the power of the human spirit. And and 
speaking of the power of the human spirit, uh, what happened with the Spartans Saturday may be one of the greatest examples of that that I've ever seen. So, uh, and, and again, kudos to Coach Tucker because what he did was remarkable, remarkable for that team. And, uh, and so I think you saw some of that with the Lions. Absolutely. I, I tell people all the time when I'm asked about the 08 season, you know, and how devastating and difficult that was. And they asked me, what, what do you think of when you think of, well, I'll tell you what I think of. I think of how Rod Marinelli kept that team together the entire year, mm-hmm. going down to the very last game in Green Bay, where we came back and tied the game at 21 apiece in Lambeau and had a shot to win. And when you have players that are cut from that cloth that can accomplish that and a head coach doesn't make excuses and just keeps coaching and coaching, um, you're going to have days like today, like the Lions did, and you're going to have days like the Spartans had on Saturday. I think we're going to go to a break again. The uh, the wind must be whipping in uh, the Northville area because Sean's having some more technical difficulties. So we'll take another break. Well, you know what? I'm going to apologize for the technical difficulties uh, again. So glad you could join us here. A gridiron wrap here on a Sunday night on 760 WJR. Uh, Bill, you were bringing up a point uh, about uh, the Michigan State Spartans. And, yeah. you know, we had a chance to talk – Coach Tucker during the, uh, you know, he, he owned everything that happened. He, he talked about how he was so proud of the guy in the room, how, you know, with all the adversity, it seemed to have galvanized the room and they found a way to go out and beat a very good Illinois football team yesterday. And, you know, much like the Lions game today, it, it, it wasn't easy. It was pretty, but at the end of the day, it goes into that W column. No question, Sean. And uh, I think what uh, Coach Tucker did, I don't want to get, you know, a little over the top here, but that considering the week that was, you know, just just a week before what happened at, uh, at Ann Arbor to lose eight players, you know, the core in some respects of your defense to go to Illinois and play one of the most surprising teams in the country, certainly in the big 10, a team that only had only lost one game this year um, and to beat them. And it wasn't fluky. It was legit. And um, I just, and in a very weird way, I'm, I'm interested to get your opinion on this, Sean, but but I'm thinking, I am literally thinking if what happened in Ann Arbor didn't happen, if Coach Tucker didn't have the opportunity to do what he did this week, to show leadership, to teach some life lessons to his players about when things happen, uh, we can only control what we can. Certainly that spoke to the players that were going to play um, on Saturday. Um, I just don't think they win. I I mean, we'll never know that, but it was so um, special to see what and how they did it. Um, it's one of the it's one of the best wins I've seen in a, in a long, long time. I mean, I I've talked to a few people 
and I equated it to, uh, I don't know if, if, if you remember this, but Lou Holtz, when he was the head coach at Arkansas, um, his first year went into the Orange Bowl against Oklahoma, which was the number two team in the country, a powerhouse, just a powerhouse. And the top three, or at least the top two, the the, the uh, Razorbacks leading rusher and receiver and another standout player um, violated some team rules a week or so before the Orange Bowl. And Coach Hull suspended them. And Arkansas were huge underdogs prior to that incident. They were, I think, two touchdown underdogs. And whenever he suspended arguably the best players on their offense, that spread probably doubled. Arkansas went down to the Orange Bowl and won the game. And Mm. I remember watching that game. And it was New Year. It was when the bowl games were the bowl games. (laughs) You know, you had the Orange Bowl on on New Year's uh, New Year's Day evening. And um, oh, my goodness. And then the other game that I equated it to was in 1987. And I'm sure we've talked about this at times. Um, and I say this, and I'll, I'll elaborate a little after I tell the story with a heavy heart. Um, but uh, in 1987, the final strike game that that year was Washington at Dallas. And by that time, um, every play, every team in the league had players, veteran players that had gone out on strike initially crossed the line and mm-hmm. rejoin their team. The strike ended. The rosters were frozen prior to the final weekend of the strike games. Washington was the only team in the league that didn't have any play, any veteran players, regular players, cross the line. And that wasn't an accident. That was done by design um, by Coach Gibbs and Bobby Beathard, the GM. I'm sure they wanted to keep each team separate. They didn't want any hard feelings either way. Dallas, um, by contrast, had Hall of Famers that had crossed the line. Tony Dorsett, uh, Randy White, uh, the quarterback, Danny White. They had like 11 veteran players that had crossed the line and were going to play in that Monday night game against Washington that had none. And I remember being so anxious to watch that game because I knew Joe Gibbs. I worked with them early in my career. Um, we stayed in touch, and it it came down to belief, just like Coach Tucker obviously conveyed to his Spartans on Saturday and throughout the week. Washington went into Dallas and beat Dallas. That mm. strike game, I think it was thirteen yeah. to ten or thirteen to six. I mean, it was remarkable. And um, I preface this by saying, you know, there's a lot of people out there that know Coach Gibbs that have a heavy heart upon learning that his son, Coy, who uh, was running his race teams, uh, passed away in the middle of the night, uh, 49 years old. And mm. Coy's son, Coy's son had just won um, the uh, championship in his, in his division. And uh, Joe, I mean, you talk about perspective, Sean, it's just inexplicable to me because Joe's oldest son, JD, who was the president of Joe Gibbs racing at the time also passed away. I think it was in 18, maybe nine, Yeah. 18, early 18, I believe, or early 19. Um, 
uh, at 49 years old of a neurological mm. disorder. And now Joe lost his youngest son, Coy. And uh, I remember both the boys when they were little rugrats running around Carlisle Dickinson College at training camp and both played college football. Um, Coy was a linebacker at Stanford, and he was a really good player. I think he led the team in tackles at least once uh, at Stanford. And J.D. was a quarterback at William & Mary. But, um, you know, all the wins, all the Super Bowls, all the NASCAR titles, obviously pale in comparison to to what the Gibbs family is going through now. So just want to send along our, uh, our, our prayers to the family. And, uh, again, just another profound – punch in the gut when it when it comes to it that perspective and what's what's important in life yeah you know bill to me and and obviously you you knew him from your time with the redskins joe gibbs always seemed like just a good man to me i mean honestly you know sometimes you just see a guy and you're like okay that guy just seems like a good dude a heck of a football coach, and I'm yeah. not sure he gets the credit he deserves, quite frankly. But he always, right. first and foremost to me, he always seemed just like a good man. Yeah, he truly is. He's a, a strong man of faith. That's been the foundation of his life. And um, what he's gone through, um, you talk about testing your faith, faith but he's never wavered. Um, and, uh, in fact, when um, – when I was with Washington, some of the players would uh, would have fun with them and they'd uh, call him Coach Buns because he would always say, get your buns moving. He wouldn't cuss <laughs> and use that other that three-letter word. Um, so the players loved him. And I think you're right, Sean. I don't think he does get the, the credit. I consider him the greatest sportsman the greatest sports leader if you will of our lifetime i mean when you think about it he won three super bowls with three different quarterbacks okay and with not a lot of hall of famers on those teams and then he goes to nascar where he's managing an entirely different sport but he's managing people just like he did in washington and he's won five championships there. I mean, it's it's unparalleled to me. Um, now, obviously, there's some great coaches and leaders. Bill Belichick, you know, Vince Lombardi. We could go on and on. Bill Walsh. But when you think about a, a sportsman, that's how I define it. To accomplish and reach the pinnacle in two different sporting professions is remarkable. And uh and I, that's why I think Joe's the, the greatest there ever was with with respect to a sportsman and uh, and leading a team because NASCAR is definitely about leading a team as is yeah. football. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you from afar, uh, I always appreciated Joe Gibbs because uh, uh, Bill, for me, um, it, it just seemed like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Dallas and yeah. Washington or Washington or Philly, Washington yeah. or the Giants, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that was, and we talked about this when, when John Madden passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Summerall, John Madden, the soundtrack of, of so many of, of our yeah. football lives, the soundtrack mm-hmm. of our youth, if you will. Um, yeah. I, honestly, it, it, and it, Joe Gibbs was a big part of that. I mean, that's, that's Friday afternoon, 4 o'clock, you know, watching the, whatever game was on, 
uh, with my father and, you know, yeah. there's John Riggins, there's Joe Theismann, there's the <laughs> Hogs, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's uh, uh, really made an impact. But as you mentioned, a, a huge win for Michigan State uh, in oh. so many different ways, not just yeah. the football way where, I, you know, I was talking to some fellow Spartan fans and we were wondering aloud, you know, how are they going to get to six wins? How are they going to, you know, yeah. how are they going to get to bowl mm-hmm. eligibility? And that certainly mm-hmm. helps in that course. It's it's not a given by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but uh, that that's going to help out. And uh, Bill, I've been saying this for a few weeks, and uh, uh, I'm not saying this for the benefit of our uh, fine producer tonight, Blake, who is a huge <laughs> Michigan fan. Boy, I'll tell you what, Michigan looks as good as anybody out there, Bill. They really do. They do. Uh, Coach Harbaugh's got that team going mm-hmm. right now. He really does. And um, I, I chuckle with some of the the people that have commented about the first half and Sean, I, I think, I think games are 60 minutes. I think there's two halves. <laughs> I, I, I could be wrong on that. Um, but uh, it, it's an entire game and, um, and boy, did they come up big when they had to, and they've done that all year and uh, you know, kudos to U of M and, uh, and Ohio state had a, had a rough time in uh, um, at Northwestern and, uh, yeah. and certainly, certainly the weather had a lot to do with it. Um, I mean, the wind had, a, was big in Illinois as well um, for the Spartans. So um, weather plays a part. There's no question it does. And it did this weekend. I was uh, Bill. I, I had a game with Wayne state over in Allendale and yeah, you know, of course, Grand Valley's the number one team in, in Division Two. I mean, they are they are loaded. Uh, Coach Matt Mitchell's doing a heck of a job up there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm here to tell you, when you know the cheer team comes running on the field, waving the you know somebody's got the G, somebody's got the R, the A, the N, yeah. the D. Um, the wind was blowing so hard it bent multiple flags with uh, student cheerleaders running onto the field. It, the wind yeah. was blowing so hard that it literally it bent the the bar that they were holding. They had to take the American yeah. flag down off of the flagpole. Wow. They wow. had a giant American flag there at, 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 at Lover Stadium, you know, really nice stadium. And it it part of it tore off and it was kind of just dangling there and they had mm-hmm. to take it off. I don't remember inclement weather like that, Bill, in a long, long time. I, I you know, we were kind of discussing it during the, the the broadcast, there was one time that, uh, you know, we were down in Indy and there was this torrential downpour, but in terms mm-hmm. of everything yesterday, Bill, that was crazy. And yet there are young men all over the Midwest <laughs> playing in those conditions. Yeah. Well, you know, watching, watching the Michigan state game, uh, at that stadium, Sean, with the wind blowing like it was, guess what game that might've reminded me of. What? What's that? That, that may be a, a, a trick question, but that was the Marty Morning would take the win game. Was played oh, yeah, there. Yeah, Chicago, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, played right there. while, while yep. they were re- renovating Soldier Field. At Memorial, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was the same venue. And for a minute there, <laughs> you know, Illinois had a chance to tie the game and send it in overtime. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is too, 
you know, this is too uh, close for comfort. Uh, they never really got close to that. But um, but I, I remember that game so vividly. I think there were eight scoring drives between the two teams that day. Seven of them were with the wind, okay? The only one that wasn't was the first scoring drive of the game in the first quarter when the wind wasn't nearly as, uh, you know, torrential, if you will, as it was in the second half. And uh, and I've said it before on the show, I don't blame Marty one bit for taking the wind. No, I don't. And I'll I'll argue it forever. What I blame him for is he took the win, but he didn't stay true to his conviction because Chicago got the ball, obviously drove down. They had the ball on our 37-yard line, third in like, I don't know, eight or nine, uh, went back to pass, incomplete pass. So it would be fourth down, and the field goal would have been 52, 53 yards. There is no way they were going to attempt that into the win. Because we sure. would have got the ball at the 42. But to yeah. me, in, inexplicably, Marty accepted the penalty. It was a holding call on the Bears on third down. So it moves them back 10 yards. It's third and whatever, you know, 18. I'm not, I, I forget. Uh, they complete uh, a pass for like 14 yards. So now it's fourth and four, and it's sort of in dead man's, you know, territory. So they went for it, and they got the yeah. first down. And they got yeah. the first down. If Marty had stayed true to his conviction, and why did you take the win? Because it's a fact. Yeah. And there are people that insist after that third down incompletion, okay, that the Bears were already sending their punt team onto the field. They were going to punt because um, it was the right decision. But uh, anyways <laughs> – uh, I'm sure that one will be talked about forever. So, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and you know what, Bill? It, it, I remember, and and you and I, I know, have had this conversation before. I remember talking to our old friend Killer after the game, and and yeah. I, I yeah. can still him saying, I can still hear him saying, "Listen here, kid, you weren't there. You don't understand how bad it was, and everything." And I yeah. was like. Okay, touche. I get it. You know, you, you can't really <laughs> tell the context and, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing how that It was brutal. We, uh, no, we had Thanksgiving game the next week, that, you know, four days later. So we got the national focus coming on the team. The story was a national story because it just blew up. And sure. I remember I had uh, my staff. We all went back to the uh, facility at Allen Park. I said, we got to research and and Sean, Bill Parcells took the wind in overtime before. Bill Belichick <laughs> took the wind in overtime. Dan Reeves, Tom Landry. I mean, Hall of Fame coaches have done it. So it wasn't, you know, a precedent-setting decision. Um, but again, I think where Marty screwed up was not staying true to his conviction and uh, taking that penalty that ultimately resulted in uh, the Bears' getting the first down and uh, kicking the game-winning field goal. Well, we got some thoughts. We're up against a break. We got some thoughts on what happened in uh, high school action over the weekend as well. Short segment when we come back, but certainly a lot more to digest. It's a Sunday night gridiron wrap. So glad you could join us 
right here on 760 WJR. Well, that weekend's not quite over yet. We got a pretty good one tonight, Bill. I'm looking forward to this one and another game, of course, tomorrow night. But uh, first tonight, uh, hey, listen, Tennessee and Kansas City, I'm all in. And I I know I have to be up at about 4.15 in the morning, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to bed a little late tonight, Bill. Yeah, that should be a good one. I mean, when when you have uh, Derrick Henry on one side of the, the ball and Patrick Mahomes on the other, uh, it's going to be a treat. And, uh, yeah, I, I really have no – I mean, Kansas City Mahomes has been phenomenal this year, but I just – it's hard to go against, uh, you know, a team like Tennessee with Derrick Henry. So I don't know what's going to happen. It'll be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well – Another weekend of uh, great high school action all over the state. And, uh, uh, Bill, I know you wanted to talk about something. Uh, Out here where we live, uh, you know, my daughter is a Northville student, uh, as was my son. Uh, Fantastic year for Northville. Nothing for Coach Laddick and uh, his boys to hang hang their heads about. But they ran into a buzzsaw in the Catholic Central Shamrocks. Yeah, I – that that game hurts my heart, Sean. And and I, you know, we're both so close to high school football, and we have an appreciation of what the 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 players go through, and the coaches, and the community. And Northville had a great year. Um, you know, they'd only lost two games. They win the first round of the playoffs. So to be paired against a team like Catholic Central, and to lose the way they did, to me. You know, unfortunately, I wish I could say it was just an aberration, but I don't I don't I've not felt that way for years. And it goes back to when my sons played and uh, I, you know, can I be wrong? Could I be wrong? Yeah. But I think the private schools have an advantage. Um, I I wish Michigan would adopt the same uh, postseason approach that other states have where the public schools play against public schools and the private schools play against private schools. I think it would be far more equitable at that point. Um, We all know the, you know, the little, you know, hush, hush secret about recruiting. It happens. We know it, we've seen it. It'll continue to happen. And the private schools have an advantage with that. Are they good teams? Yeah, they're great teams. And the kids work just as hard and this is not the begrudge them. But to me, I just think, uh, and I've I've felt this way for years. If there was a way to uh, once once we get to the playoffs, to have the private schools play each other and the public schools play each other, there there has been such a disproportionate number of champions from our state, truly in all sports, that come from the private schools. It's it's so disproportionate. You know, my opinion isn't just an opinion. There has to be some substance to it. So, um, and what what would be the worst thing that could happen, Sean? Twice as many high school kids would be able to call themselves state champions because you'd have twice as many state champions if you separated sure. the two. The two, and I think that's a great thing for every kid to experience. But I just hope that the Northfield kids don't think of the score. From Friday night, they think of the journey that they were on and got to. And uh, but that being said, I just, uh, I just, I hate to see that type of thing. And uh, you know, maybe someday there'll be a uh, 
a resolution to it. Yeah, you know what? This really was, Bill, I think I mentioned this to you last week. This was just a fun year around here. You know, Coach Laddick has had a few good teams, and he, he's a really good guy as well. Mm-hmm. He's had a few good teams around here. But, boy, there was a buzz about this team. And, yeah. you know, a couple nights that I went to, I, I couldn't believe it. It seemed like everybody from town <laughs> was at the game. And, that's you know what, that's the way it should be. I think that's part yeah. of the – the magic and the allure mm-hmm. of, of, of going to the game. And, you know, my, my daughter knows some guys from the team and I haven't had a chance to see any of them, but I'm going to give them a, a high five and you know, pat them on the back and say, Hey, yeah. you did us all proud, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, and those kids will never forget the season. Uh, never forget making the playoffs and advancing. And, you know, 10, 20 years ago, what they'll think about, in my opinion, is uh, their teammates, the locker room, you know, the, the walk from the locker room to the field and the bus rides home from victories and defeats when it's just those kids. That's all they got is each other. And it gives me chills at this very moment just thinking about that. And that's so special. And uh, hats off to Northville and, uh, and to all the, all the high school teams that, that made the playoffs um, it's a, it's a memory that I hope everyone carries with them forever. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, and uh, a lot of teams still playing. Uh, there's there's yep. some great games coming oh. up on the schedule, and uh, you know I I have a feeling that that November weather is going to start creeping in here too. We've been pretty <laughs> lucky the last couple weeks, Bill, with some of this weather for goodness sake. But uh, I, looking at the weather, I I, I have a feeling that uh, if some moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas and you know just heck fans of a team in in whatever yeah. city you're living in uh, something tells me you might have to start bundling up starting this week <laughs> yeah i i agree with you sean i cannot remember any season where the weather has been as good as it's been this year no i'm I mean, with you I'm with it's you. been incredible especially the last three weeks four weeks it's been yep. like august september almost so uh yeah, but no matter what the weather is, it's going to be magic. Uh, there's, like you said, a lot of great games. I mean, uh, uh, Clarkston, Rochester, Adams, holy mackerel. That's going to be yep. a phenomenal game. There's just so many of them, uh, just just a ton of them. No doubt about it. Well, that's uh, about all the time we have tonight, Bill. It's always a pleasure. Hey, very quickly, uh, what? how about your game today? You you had the yeah. Charger game, right? <laughs> I had the uh, the Falcons and the Chargers. And uh, last week, the Atlanta game went to overtime. It was a crazy finish. Uh, this week, uh, the Chargers won on a last-second field goal, last play of the game. Um, National and, uh, football You just league. never know. Yeah. Hey, Sean, Blake, I think they – Thank you. Yeah. Blake, thank you. Bill, thank you. We'll talk All again right. next week, everybody. See ya.